0: Welcome to the EBFC show, the easier, better, for construction podcast. I'm your host, Felipe Engineer Manriquez. This show is all about the business of construction. Today's episode is sponsored by the Lean Construction Institute. LCI is working to lead the building industry in transforming its practices and culture. Its vision is to create a healthy and thriving industry that delivers outstanding project outcomes every time for everyone. Join me and many others from the Lean Design and Construction community at their 22nd Annual Congress. It is being held virtually this year, the week of October 19th. Our theme is the ABCs of Lean, transformation through actions, best practices, and coaching. Register at www.lcicongress.org forward slash 2020. Check the show notes for more information. Thank you, LCI. Now to the show.
1: And here's the thing too, is I I think these tools were meant for us to be collaborative. And the unfortunate thing is when it does not have um, a contractual component, right? That says that we're all in the box together. I think that's when we fall in that trap, Felipe, right? Which is, you're still managing to an old contract style that says you're in control. You have all the risk. Right. As
0: soon as I you know. miss a date, I'm sending you a letter, putting you on notice. Because yeah. so, so, if I don't, then I can't use the rest of my contract to to motivate right. you to finish.
1: Yes. Right. And, and in the same token, you're probably not likely to accept our help because if it doesn't go well, once again, you can't hold us accountable. And right. On the the same token, you're not incentivized to necessarily clear that roadblock because you can just hold up the schedule and say, here's the schedule, you signed the line, hope you can make it, no, I didn't impact you any, hope you can prove if we did impact you that we impacted you and off the merry way we go, right?
0: And the funny thing about all that is that uh, I've I've actually said this out loud to folks and you might have never, ever heard it, and I said, uh, trade partners don't make more money by taking longer to finish the contract scope. That's right. But I've seen people have fights about, I need two weeks to get this done. No, you only get one week. (laughs) It's like (laughs) you don't get paid more to take
1: longer. Yeah, you get paid for the the unit that you sold, right, that's included in your estimate. And, I mean, it's an interesting thing, too. Like, even when we talk about productivity, right, Felipe? Um, I tell people all the time, I am not trying to hold field people accountable to productivity because – I want to measure you in any way. The reason why we have to have accountability is because we only sold something for so much, right? So, That's right. you know, we're not getting paid to infinity. And so if you're struggling right now, you probably really need to say something because yes. we can't fix it if you don't say anything. And and I really believe that when we get to, and I, and I say this all the time to people when I'm talking about productivity, I say, I know for a fact, you did not drive here today to get to the gate to walk in the gate and for me to put every obstacle in your way to having a productive eight hours of, in, in this environment. I know that you did it. You didn't yeah, do that. Right. Did no. You did not do that. I've never so, met a
0: crafts person that has had that attitude.
1: That's right. That's not right. Once. Not once. Not once. Me not either. Not any
0: trade. So happy to have my very special guest today is Steph Roldan. Steph, you'd go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Yep. So my name is Stephanie Roldan. Um, I've been in the industry probably 21 years, started as an apprentice in the field, uh, electrician by trade, and then worked my way up through through my organization. So All right. That's good. This is, this, is about, this is about you and me, right? <laughs> this is. This is, you know, togetherness, care, bear, share.
0: That's right. That's right. Wonder twin powers activate. <laughs> <laughs> my sister oh, from
1: another mother. That's right. You know, I was just thinking about that, Felipe, when I think about like, what really brings me joy in in the work that i do and and how it's really about whether or not the relationships we build feel like that right like we we can look outwardly different right oh yeah but inside did we make a heart connection that ties us together and feels like there's something there um that is just i mean it's probably the human connection right but just something there that makes you feel like he could be a brother from another mother yeah. Right. And I even said that thinking about like people, people that I work with on a, on a regular everyday basis and sure. our shared experiences and the stories that we've told and, you know, the hangouts and the barbecues and all these things that we've done. Right. I just think and that's just you know, while COVID. It, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you just, you just think about that. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like, I don't even know how we came to be right. in, yeah. in like the grand scheme of how would, of all the, millions and millions of people in this world how would we bump into each other have something in common, similarities, some background and then be able to develop a relationship that lasts how do we meet somewhere in Phoenix yeah and then develop a relationship and then and then have roles within our companies that are so similar, right?
0: almost and identical.
1: almost identical right and yep. and you have a passion towards that research end of it, right like you bring me a lot of great knowledge from there. But, but what I what really fuels me is that people part, right? And then I, I bring that aspect of, well, are we doing this? Are we talking about, you know, core values? Are we talking about principles? Are we a- aligning people towards their mission and their purpose and all of that? And then it's like, okay, once we do that, then you're like, hey, Steph, it's time to bring this next part and, and help fuel them to be even greater, right? So I find that incredibly interesting how it's just, you know, that chance meeting, right? At a table where we sit down for breakfast and it's like complete strangers. But now you think random, right? Now you think, man, they were always destined to be together. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. We're going
0: to, it was inevitable that we were going to work together.
1: That's right. And, and, and that we'd complement each other, right? Different passions for the work that we do, just creating this whole like sort of worldly view of what we're trying to do when it comes to, to lean.
0: And I even look at the, uh, the LCI scrum deck and it's, you're on the front cover of it. I don't, I don't think you even know that. No, uh, I don't know that. I'll show a picture of it like right okay. here so that people can see like you're, you're on the cover that's of awesome. that deck because you hope to make it happen.
1: Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. yeah I, 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 just, it's, it's really incredible when you think about that, right. And the work that we do. So. Yeah.
0: It is. No. So I want to definitely uh, say thank you for coming on to the show, Stephanie you like Stephanie. No one that I've ever heard calls you Steph. Everyone.
1: Listen, everyone. Why don't you call me Steph? Everyone who's like, who's in like my homie circle calls me Steph.
0: Well, then you got to pull me into the circle because apparently I'm outside of the circle. No,
1: I I think you think you're on the outside of the circle, but you're in the circle, buddy. Okay, Steph. You you, you can go with Steph. Yeah, no, that's how how generally speaking, I know if if one, I've made the attempt to make you feel welcome, I'll, I'll know that you use Steph. And if and I have I haven't and I, you're still on Stephanie. You know that that, that was not in, that was not intentional. That was I've not been intentional, on Stephanie by the any whole time. Reason.
0: Yeah. Just I've just graduated to stuff like today.
1: That's yeah. right. It took COVID for you to get in the Steph Circle. <laughs>
0: it took all that time. Yeah.
1: And uh, you know, had the fortune to meet uh, Felipe in an industry event and we've been developing a relationship ever since. Yeah. Um, you know, I really focus my intention my effort my energy around how do we respect people and trades people get the work that we need to get done done and then really start focusing on how does the trades become you know that uh that vocation that is you know interesting and desirable and attractive to people you know uh when you really think about the history of trades um this was once something that people were artisans about right you, you, oh, yeah. if you look at if you look at the monuments that stand today, the crafts work that went into it, probably um, the love, energy, joy that went into that, what, you know, how do we get back to that? Um, you know, obviously some were built uh, in unfavorable conditions. And again, right, we are looking at 2020 yeah. where some of those unfavorable conditions are are peaking back up, right? So how do we do that racial equality work, how do we, how do we bring back um, and bring forward? Um, the, the good parts, right? So when, when I look back at, or I look to Rosen in right? We have a we have a different origin story than a lot of construction companies. Felipe were started by immigrants who found a space and a place where they could exist, right? Just starting with, hey, you know, we wanna service the, the motors and the irrigation fields. How can we turn that into a business? They even changed their name to assimilate, right? Get a more English sounding name to, to build their business. Um, And so here we are with Rosenden, right? Trying to return back to our heritage with how do we create the inclusive, um, you know, environment so that people feel like they belong and that they can join us on this journey. And you know, like most, you know, construction companies, I would say, along the way through growth, right, um, the resources sort of don't look the same way they did in 1918.
0: And so, no, they don't. They've changed.
1: They've changed, and so everyone needs to find a space, place. Uh, and, and a place to belong and that's what we're about
0: and I remember we were at a at Lci's conference last year in Texas right it was Texas last year yep all the, all the years are starting to blend together so, <laughs> For and you I too. was uh, <clears throat> I was coming back from an event after dinner and at one of the hotels walking somebody to their hotel and there were like six Rosenden, uh foremen like just bumped into me in the lobby and they recognized me from something I don't even remember what and we started talking. And one of the guys and I, I can't remember his name it's just been too long but he was i think he had come from chicago which is where i grew up and right away we just started chatting like instant connection super easy to talk to very professional i mean a lot of tattoos on some of them but that's just yeah. to be expected right
1: hey that's that is the you yeah. know if you don't have a tattoo you're the weirdo now felipe yes, so I'm, I'm, I'm an outlier i don't have yeah. i don't have any artwork or ink
0: Me too. I'm I'm just too picky. I just can't decide, you know, what I'm going to live with because I changed my mind.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I I don't know. Um, I don't know what my fear is, but I just feel like eh, it's not really, it's really not my thing, but you know, uh, my, my coworker, Matt, man, he's got some, some great tattoos and and I know the people that have them, right. They, They all tell a story and it's, it's, it's fantastic when you sit down with a person and they tell you, Hey, I did this one in, you know, in memory of my father or I did this because you know yeah. what I mean? It, it tells their life story and it's, it's, it's very interesting to sort of see that, that life roadmap. map uh, that's, it's interesting that you bring up that we took form in. Right. And I think yeah. that is, I think when we think about how we can influence, you know, change in the way that we do work, it is, it is largely with that group, right? The, the leaders who lead the rest, um, you know, we're an ASAP organization, so our, our owners own, you know, the people in that umbrella own the company. and But I think it's that that uh, ability to sort of have a different way that we do business where we genuinely care and love the people who work with us, right, Yes. A- allows us to bring in foremen and journeymen and, and apprentices, right, and say, hey, listen, a- along the way, you know, we're going to grow you you're going to continue to work. You know, we're about building people here. And part of that is that experience at LCI, right? Them being able to see what are other companies doing really well? How are they transforming? How are they collaborating? And, and developing relationships that one day I I bet we will see someone that we met at LCI on a job site and we'll say, you remember when we saw each other there, let's try some of that really great stuff on this job.
2: No,
0: that's a great point. And uh, the foreman that you brought were excited to be there. Yeah. I mean really excited really engaged and I I I was lucky enough to bump into people at uh, some of the different events during the day like I kind of float in and out of so many different things and I'd see your crew out there at uh, you know different learning events and very engaged with the instructors so I was like that's a testament to the type of learning culture that Rosadin has so tip my hat to you guys for awesome. Thank you. for developing that and bringing that to the to that type of event
1: yeah, I mean, the thing about them being so engaged, Felipe, is that the way that we find the individuals who get to go to LCI, right, it's it's open to anyone within the company. And what we do is we run campaigns all year long. We say, if you have a continuous improvement idea, submit them. And whoever has submitted the most within a month is our is our winner basically Bam. for that, for that I month. Like right. It. So, I
0: like it. so that's they're how in we end the up game.
1: with a, Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. So that's, so they're already doing the improvements. So they're already passionate about it. Right. And so that's how we get that momentum and that fuel. And yeah. then they go to classes and they're inspired by others and we'll be out there like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, still talking about how are we going to make our company better? Like I saw yeah. this and I saw that. How do we actually bring this um, change to the company? Right. And you know, we close out the event by uh, one of the lean trainers really saying, hey, thank you everybody for joining us. Remember you owe us three key takeaways. Mm. What what improvement project you're going to bring to the company and what support do you need? And so we continue to fuel that so that ideas don't get lost after, you know, we attend this and sort of the, the conference high leaves, right? And yeah. we have that touch point that keeps bringing more and more things to the forefront and it, it empowers them to go back to their teams and say, Hey, I want to try this, but I'm going to need you, you, and you probably to help me. Right. And, so, and that's
0: one of the interesting things about this event over others. And, and this is by no way a sh- shameless plugging for, for LCI, but I've been to many other types of conferences and usually when the conference is over, people scatter. Yeah. And at these, like when th- this is over, we all stay talking to each other way past when we should to the point where it becomes dangerous for us to wake up and attend the next day's events
1: it's, it's very true believe it.
0: yeah i've even seen some uh, lci board members uh you know getting within four hours of the next morning's events starting off
1: yeah i i mean it, it's it's interesting because it is the one week where i feel the most tired um after yeah. like it's just it's 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 one uh, being w- w- with our like minded friends. Right. Yes. So um, this work, change work is hard. Right. Yeah. And, and depending on how the year's going, what the initiative is, what it is you're trying to do, you start to run out of steam. Right. Mm. And then you get with other people and they just reignite you right it's like oh i could i could do it they're doing this maybe i just make one small change and i'm back on the horse right and and so you get fueled to do that and then all of a sudden you've got sort of your group around you saying hey i saw felipe do this and i've seen rich do that and this and that and so then they're like sort of getting you even more hyped up right before before the end of the week is like i don't know if you've slept i don't even know if you've ate but all you know is you have more energy than you had when you came into the thing Fact. Right.
0: That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very. that's and that's what my my biggest complaint all the time is that there isn't enough time for us to actually make those connections outside of the events,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because so much does happen in a year.
1: Yes. But yep. do you uh,
0: just put you on the spot? What's a what was a surprising takeaway that one of the foremen had after having that experience?
1: So um, one of the surprising takeaways is really around. Um, you know, we talk about three-week planning, right? And we do it a lot. Um, it, it's it's aligned with the last planner system, um, but what we don't do really well is um, one communicating with our own people what that plan actually looks like, right? So he's built this plan. He's not he's not necessarily aligning his crew to the plan. Yeah. So when it doesn't go well, he hasn't communicated anything downstream, so they don't know that mm. they're not achieving right? So people are getting frustrated and there's no achievement. It's very hard to keep people motivated. Right. And the other thing too, is that, um, because there is sort of, um, I would say differing experience levels in both my company, your company as a whole, right? Sure. You know, we're all trying to build the airplane while it's in the air.
0: Yeah. Um, that's a good analogy.
1: Right. We're, we're all trying to build this while we're flying. Um, we have taken and adapted the last planner system, which is why we call it pool planning in Rosenden because sometimes we don't get the, uh, um, the opportunity, I'm going to say, we don't get the opportunity to actually have the sum of all parts. We just
0: get some of it.
1: We just get some of it and we, all cart. It, uh, and we have to all a la it. And, it's a, and he said it's it's unfortunate because you can see the value that having that on your job site would do with opening the communication, the collaboration, the teamwork. But the lack of experience in implementing that across what we are probably thousands of construction projects that are happening annually, Yes. it doesn't allow us to get to all of them, right? You and I both yeah. know that.
2: The
0: good little nerd that I am, I prepared today for you. And that's a good segue. Like our industry in the United States alone is worth almost $3 trillion a year in projects. $3 trillion. Yep. Yeah. That is thousands of projects for sure.
1: Yes. And you know, I, I, I focus far less, I'll be honest, I focus far less internally on teaching my teams uh, the tools or the academic side of lean because I know the general contractors, depending on where we are in the process, are gonna either have something adapted or they're gonna be purists, one of the two, right? Yeah, yeah. And so just letting my teams have the basic knowledge is usually the best. And instead focusing on preparing them as people to enter into that environment is um, probably where the, our better effort is spent within our organization um, because it, it takes an entire mind shift um, and the other thing too is that they need to be prepared that as as we actually make the mind shift and we, and we believe we're going to make the change that it's still there's still the human condition and so some backsliding might happen and so then rather than just letting up off the gas all you know let's just slowly let off a little bit off but let's yeah. let's keep trying to chug along right you and i both know that there's always those stories of well i thought this lean was supposed to be so much better than these other construction projects and this one sucked as bad as all the others right and usually what, <laughs> and usually that is not that is not the tools fault it's usually a, a people problem right
2: yeah, it's people that
1: we just it's it's always people right and how did we respect each other or you not know, how did, yeah or not Um, how did we, you know, communicate all those things. Right.
0: I was talking to a good friend of mine. You'll appreciate this. And she told me, she said, uh, you can almost see it in two different ways. You can see that some, some projects I typically unload a lot of stories on my poor friend. And she said, uh, your stories are either in two categories. One respect for people existed as part of the team culture or, or there was a clear disrespect for people as part of the team culture. Yeah.
2: And it, said, and yeah it,
1: yeah Culture is the key, right Felipe culture yeah. culture is frankly the key in everything right yes, it um, is. when, when we when I first started um, down this journey of really having the the corporate role, right So I started on a on a confidential client, a semiconductor client. everyone can figure yeah, out what that who is. is. Yeah, yeah. we all know who it is right but they're, started,
0: op, they're powering
1: my computer right now. Yeah. <laughs> so you know they had they went into IPD. Um, with an IFOA, right? We had our little mm-hmm. experiments initially where we were just trying things out until the IFOA came into play. Um, behaviors didn't really change, and we know we yeah. know through all the studies that that's true, right? And, know I, and that, for all
0: the the non lean nerds, IFOA is integrated form of agreement,
1: right? Which means we're all parties to to what um, is at risk and what is to be gained, right? That's right.
0: So if you and I are in a team and I'm the GC, my profit is tied to your profit, and yours is tied to mine.
1: Yep. And my bad decisions are tied to you and your. And
0: my random good decisions are tied to you. Yeah. Yo, you know.
1: Okay. Exactly. Right. And <laughs> yeah. And vice versa. Right. Yes. So, um, and but it makes you, it makes you play the game differently. Right. It's, oh, it's yes. a different set. It's a different set of rules, a different way that you might make decisions. Um, and so out of that, I thought, well, you know, what can we do um, for all of our projects, all of our people that would give them a sense of that, better way to do construction, right? And you were there
0: on that job, boots on the ground, turning tool, tools in hand before you flipped over to
1: your new role. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So I was there when we, and I was there even before we had uh, an, you know, the integrated form of agreement in place. Um, We were still doing old contracting strategy and they wanted the last planner system and the whole believe, believe and trust us it's going to change way and and i was like okay i'm gonna believe and trust you i'm gonna believe and trust you and um and and you know it it sort of created the seedlings the ability to learn all of that stuff um but it took you know some contract and some other stuff to help but their goal was that they needed to save 30 percent on their program or they weren't going to be able to build it and the truth is is we need them to build it as as much for themselves as we need them to build it for the people and the families that we take care of right so there has to be some trust there that if I can make the 30% happy f- happen for you, then I can keep the hundreds of families that work for us employed and working, right? So we went down um, down that road with them. We learned a lot about the tools. We did, in fact, meet their um, requirements. Big, fat, you know, fancy check that they yeah. uh, gave us to celebrate. Was the- it an
0: oversized check, too?
1: Yes, it was. It's, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's in, the, it's in the office here in Tempe. Um,
0: oh, very cool.
1: Probably as tall as I am. But yeah, we, we, we got the, the oversized check to celebrate the, the moment, um, you know, and we're still working out there uh, today, right? Developing that relationship. But then I, I thought, well, is there anything from that type of uh, environment that can, we can really bring across the entire company, right? Uh, bringing back, you know, I, I, I one day want to be able to walk up to someone in the field and, you know, you get glimpses occasionally, but truly see someone, just like having that awesome day. Cause I can think about the one or two really awesome days in my career of like installing in the field. Right. And I know exactly how much I did, how much above the standard that was, how I felt at the end, how I felt when the the bet was, if you can put 900 feet of conduit in mind, you, we'd already cheated. So the racks were already up. So (laughs) 900, 900 feet of conduit in the day, I'll get you guys pizza for lunch. Right. Yeah. And, and just knowing that somebody appreciated my effort right and so i thought well how do we do that on a grand scale how do, how do we start doing that as a way of our life here and you know i started down that track and then i realized you know the core values here don't necessarily say that and i and i sent just a hey what's you know what's what the deal with this got quiet and i and i and i let it be right sure but behind the scenes the executives took that pretty serious, Felipe. And probably three years ago, our core values—I, I, I want to say it was probably about three years ago—our core values actually were changed to align much more with, um, you know, with our lean transformation and our journey that we're on. Um, so we have three of them. We have uh, three of them that are really around uh, the respect for people, and then two of them that are really around continuous improvement. So uh, we care, we share, we listen. Are our people ones? Oh, nice. Yeah, and then our, our two uh, around continuous improvement are we innovate and we excel. And so when I really think about it, really the we excel is kind of a additive, right? You do those first four, you'll get that fifth one. So, yeah, so they really dug into that. Um, we've, you know, been rebranding, recalibrating, continuously talking about it. I think ultimately that changed three years ago from, from leadership. Yeah, it was ultimate, like just yesterday. It, it, it does feel yeah. like just yesterday. Um, but that that foresight to do that then i think is actually what's allowing us to strive right now because we've we've heavily during this covid19 time really mm-hmm. leaned into we care and what does that mean to us right what are, what are we mm-hmm. doing around that right and and in that vein right you, you know uh we recently launched the the Rosenin foundation right it's
0: congratulations yeah it's yeah, a big you. deal
1: it is That's it a is a big, big deal. deal and it's a labor of love from quite a few people we have yeah. um A leadership Academy here and uh, what the closeout project is Felipe is that you're asked to find a corporate problem or opportunity that you'd like to solve okay and and we we ask them that they use a three problem solving that they really dig into what's the root cause that they really give us a great implementation plan and that they see it through right and the one that came up was uh, at the end of uh, the last year was we don't have a foundation. We do a really lot of great work within our company, um, but we don't really have a way that shows how intentional we are about that. And so uh, this group got us all the way through, um, here's here's what we think, here's how we get it started, here's here's all the paperwork you gotta do to, to get it done. Um, some of those people are now uh, on the board, appointed to, to our board because you know it, it was their hard work, it was their uh, dream, and, and they brought it to life.
0: Yeah, I saw so, the first post on on LinkedIn and right away I wanted to to call you but our schedules didn't allow for it <laughs> I had to yeah, wait I mean, until now
1: we're really ex- we're really excited yeah. um and you know the sad thing about it is is that um is that a foundation like that has to exist right when you really think about it the fact that we have to do that good work to help people right now um and probably we'll have to do it for all of time right I mean yeah. our thoughts are build it big, have an endowment, do good work for, for the same hundred years and beyond that we've existed as Rosenden Electric. Right. So, um, but
0: I think that's part of that is just the fact that, uh, as far as I can tell, every human being is born with amnesia. <laughs> like everybody just comes in blank. So you need people that have some experiences to guide and learn and, and coach and be available and show people alternate ways. Yes. So I, I applaud the foundation. That's a really good thing to do. And I'm excited that you're, uh, You're going to have a say in how grants are allocated as well.
1: Yep. So, and that was really important to me too, Felipe. Um, How we support the communities and, um, you know, we actually have two grant, we're going to have two grant cycles um, that are for sort of that everyday work, people putting in the heart energy. Um, Our focus areas are around emotional health, uh, nutritional health, and occupational health right now. Um, Obviously, that was determined because um, when you look at... The high suicide rate within construction—that's largely people's emotional health, right? And and we need whole people to to be able to show up every day, and we we need to get beyond this belief that if you say you need help or you're struggling, that it's a weakness, right? I I don't, I don't. I mean, I've had an email come in my inbox um, from somebody that I was supporting. I was trying to help them. Just recalibrate and get back to it, right? Slowly, you know, the, the usual construction story happens where it's like, oh, they're all of a sudden a crappy worker, or they're on the, they're on booze or they're on drugs or any number of things, right? Well, people are balancing out their medications. Weird stuff happens, right? Um, but to give someone the grace to say, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you. You need time. Don't worry about when you're coming in, clocking in. Let's just be fair about the effort we're. We're, were expending and that you're expending too and they give them that time to heal right and it's not usual within construction for us to take that time right yeah. or, or or to address it in that way but i just think back even on my apprenticeship where i knew that people were just struggling as human beings and then you'd find out you know they took their own life or they were found or it, it's not a it's not a good thing and i think to ignore the fact that it's real is is not helping anyone right now no. um
0: it does not help.
1: And so we're putting a lot of effort. Um, you know, we, we sent out a grant just recently in the amount of 2,500 towards an organization that helps with, um, you know, mental health awareness within construction. Um, then, you know, we had nutritional health very early on through COVID-19 when the food banks were just getting exhausted. Um, and the next one that we're really going to be focused on um, is on. Domestic violence and child abuse, Felipe. Because uh, what we're what we know is is that with kids that have not been to school in a very long time, um, in some areas since March of last year, right? Um, teachers do some of that heavy lifting with recognition of conditions at home, uh, malnutrition, um, you know, physical and mental abuse, and so uh, those organizations really need our support right now um, because some kids still aren't coming back, right? Sure. And they don't all have you know, super supportive homes that they're sitting in trying to do their, their virtual school in. Right. So they don't. don't. And so we're going to, we're going to put some work, we're going to put some support into that um, probably in August. We're really focused on making sure we can get something out there into our communities soon.
0: No, it's really good. It makes a a huge difference. I've got family members that that taught kindergarten and uh, you're definitely right nailing it. They, they see things that uh, everyday people don't pick up on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the, um, the
0: kids depend on that as part of their extended support system.
1: Yeah. It, it, they, I mean, they, they depend on it to, to build their village, right? Whether, sure. whether we know it or not, um, children are resilient and they'll find people who can love and care for them, right? And usually it happens to be a, a teacher, right? Everybody has that teacher that saw something special in them and, and tell that story, right? So um, recognizing that and, and getting some support out to the organizations that can help those um and and provide resources is important
0: no that uh, the foundation is very promising
1: yeah i mean and the great thing about um the foundation not only was it created by people who had a passion for it within our own organization right and we really showed that if you empower people and you respect their thoughts and um and what they can bring to the table right that discretionary effort felipe um They'll really bring it, right? But it, you got to be an organization that wants to engage your people, that wants to yeah. empower them, that wants to respect their thoughts, that wants, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't come by itself, right?
0: No, it doesn't. I was doing a talk with some folks on a, a large project team and we were talking about challenges with trying to do these different ways of building. And I said, you know, shockingly, the principle of and Lean, that I, I have the most trouble with is respect for people. Like even me, and I was just telling everybody, it is very challenging. It's it's different. You can't you can't ever come at people like as if they're broken and they need to be fixed. That's not respecting them. Nope. And it doesn't engage people to want to do more. And like you said, that discretionary effort. Like you you're gonna get paid to do the job if you do you know to the X degree. But when you engage people, they just go way beyond where the targets are put
1: that's exactly right i mean i mean when you think about it you know in today's um sort of new climate we're in right negotiating both politics um uh, you know racial equality um you know gender parity all of those things economic equality right felipe when you think about all of those things that are are sort of bottling and, and coming up to the surface um, they all stem from that one thing respect for people and so when you are intentional about what that looks like, right? And how you're gonna tackle it within your company. Um, it, it changes it changes everything, right? I, I think I recently saw, you know, you get the analogies, right? And it says, well, you know, diversity is being inv- invited to the dance, right? And inclusion is being asked to dance and belonging yeah. is dancing like nobody's watching, right? Wow, and that's so, a good analogy. Yeah. and, and we we need to get to that belonging space we right do. and and accepting people for what they bring every single day and finding the right fit for them right felipe i mean cuz here's here's an interesting thing that's happened yeah. to both you and i right we have business units within our company right usually right. the prestige is assigned to the people who run the biggest business units right that's a
0: fact check that's that a that's fact. total truth
1: Right, But here's the thing is, even when I'm offered that opportunity, it's not the company not giving me the opportunity, because they have, right? So 100% they're supporting me getting to, to what is the normal bias, which is getting to the top, and this is the track that we know, right? But I am intentional about the opportunities that I take, because I know that in that, I won't be the best Stephanie that they need me to be. I, I, my talent profile in that, the, the behaviors that I, once exhibited, it probably as a project manager, and I exhibited all the usuals. I'll be honest, until, until you know six, seven, eight years ago, Felipe, where I ended up on a job that was finally going to use some collaborative methods. I was the stereotypical project manager, just like everyone else, right? If had I had a spreadsheet to dig in, with a naughty list. Yeah. And <laughs> if I had to send that missile of an email, I would send the missile and I would just worry about what happened later. Right. Yeah. But, but it, it's not who I want to be Mm-mm. Felipe. Right. And so right. when I think about what I need to do for this company, the seat I'm sitting in is where I need to lead from. Right. As, and
0: you and, and I have talked about this many times, span of yeah. control. Stick yeah. your arms out. What can you get your arms around? And, you know, in the position you're in, your arms go way further.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they go way further. And the, the great thing is, is that recently, right. Senior leadership has given me an opportunity to flourish, right. And get some really great projects started, get some momentum behind them, build the teams that needed to be built to, to make and for us to excel and innovate around them. So, we're doing the right things here, um, but it also means we look a little bit weird probably to the, to, to the outside world of construction. i told people that, I said one day, we're gonna be in the spot that we wanna be, and when you look around, you better be prepared to look weird. Cause that's, it's just inevitable. When I first took this role, I had a great mentor who said, because uh, he, he said, you can change one job, you can run one really great job, or you can change them all. Mm. And I'm after changing them all, Felipe.
0: You have a good mentor.
1: Yeah. I'm after changing them all. And and then ultimately the decision was mine. He said, for once in your career, I don't want you to make a decision in the best interest of Rosenden. I want you to make a decision on on what's best for Stephanie. Yeah.
0: Or okay. Steph as you're known by your real Or friends. Steph
1: as I'm known. So they probably did say Steph. Yeah. Right. I would, I would hope your mentor can, is yeah. on a Steph basis with yeah, you. Yeah. They're, the, they're on the Steph basis but no, right great. so so and that's and that's ultimately felipe where i've been in the last five years which is um you know the truth be known is a hispanic girl from south phoenix is making more money than she ever thought she would right um right kids are fine husband's great all of that stuff so i don't need to make money decisions i i need to make passion and per- and purpose decisions now
0: right yeah, the money and is just going to show up as a side effect
1: it, it is yes. and and the truth is, Felipe, is if I don't finish my career, and I fully plan on it with Rosen in it, but if I don't finish my career having made the change, I don't think I'll have one. And so making the change is far more important probably than being incentivized at this point. Sure. As a byproduct, I'll be incentivized, I'm sure, right? I'll earn what needs to be earned, but... I'm on that. I'm on that Maslow hierarchy of needs at this point. I, oh, you're I need at
0: self-actualization. I'm,
1: I'm headed towards self-actualization, baby. That's. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's where I want to be, right? All the other stuff. This company is taking care of that, you know, above and beyond what my expectations would have been, right? I that's right. I, I came into an ESOP culture without even knowing I came into an ESOP <laughs> culture because, I'll, I'll be honest, when I first came here, I just came here because the person who was leading the organization was somebody I had faith in and I believed in. That's why I came, right? And, and I didn't know that, you know, there was an ownership part of it or whatever. I just knew that we were after treating people fairly. We believed in our IBEW culture, right? Which is where I'm trained from. Um, I'm a former IBEW member, right? So I knew that we believed in that model of respecting labor, allowing them to negotiate the deals that are fair to them and the communities that they serve and live in, right? So I knew that about the company and I knew that it, I was following a g- good person, but I didn't know what the reward system was for uh, the actual company, right? And now having, I, I sit on the trustees, right? Now having spent some time looking at it, doing research about what it does for, um, you know, fairness and equality, right? And and frankly, truthfully building wealth for people, right? So you can look at um, black people of color um, and indigenous, and, They've got 30% more retirement built than non-ESOP companies, right? So when you're thinking about what benefits does this do to racial equality? Well, we, we can get you 30% closer, right? Yes. When you look at, you know, even single mothers, um, there's an improvement off of uh, from you know non-ESOP companies there. Um, and the truth is, is just owning a stake in the work that you produce in and of itself, Felipe, is rewarding. Right.
0: Skin in the game.
1: Skin in the game. Right. And because we have skin in the game, we get to build a culture that is around our core values and our beliefs then help another organization, the IBEW, our partners also meet the intent of what they're trying to do. Right. They're trying to build great families. They're trying to educate individuals. They're trying to attract people to the trades. And because we believe in what we believe in, we support that. We fund that. you know, we're, we're fair at the negotiation table. You know, all of those things, right, manifest right. themselves out of the culture that we've built here.
0: No, oh, it's perfect. That's alignment.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: People first, which is what people first. we wanted to make sure we hit on in this episode. The people first part of Lean. You Often know, overlooked part because you I get know. so hung up on the tools,
1: uh, you know. I it, it, it's it's very true, Felipe. I mean, we say we and here's the thing we not only say we know we have the research that says we need to spend more time with each other and learning about each other as people, and that of a project might be three, four, five days of the entire project we spend with each other, and then we say go to work and we spend months with each other and we never come back as people, and we think that barbecue lunches for safety and all of these visual things are gonna do it but that's not getting deep to who we are as people not to not to say that a recognition lunch isn't good every once in a while or that we shouldn't yeah. have it I absolutely Please. agree that but it doesn't speak to the heart Felipe
0: yeah those that intentional partnering in the beginning I can't tell you how many jobs I've been a part of where people a year into it two years into it, don't know what the person to their left does you know yeah. outside of work or what yeah. their main role on this project is and they sometimes we just default into someone's title and we think yes. that that's what they do but it's not it's almost always not
1: It's all. it's almost always not and we don't ask how do i help you um or, or do you need help right and you and i've sat on jobs where somebody's this one poor person is like yeah. burning the night oil, right? And yes. it's like, why is that one person feeling like they're shouldering all of this? Is there no part of it that we play in it that could assist them, help them? I'm sure they have other things they'd like to do with their time. If if they haven't yet built the family, I'm sure they'd like to at least eat, drink, and use the restroom, right? And but this poor yeah. person is just, you know, and then we wonder why it is they'll say later that they, they hate construction. It's like, because we didn't see you. We, we just left you there by yourself, right? And, and I, I don't think it's healthy. I mean, I was one of the, I was, a, I was a perfect example of a person who thought that the more energy I put into a project, the better outcome I would get. And the truth is, is I would actually get a worse outcome, Felipe. I would be a crappy person. I would not be paying attention to my family at home. It, it, everyone was getting the short end of the stick, including myself, right? um you know i I don't know if i shared the story with you but i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i did but you know even around the time when i first started um taking this role on i was sort of shouldering these two responsibilities still wrapping up being a project manager on a large job and then sort of making this transition on top of that i was uh nine weeks pregnant at the time Mm. i had my first mini stroke at nine weeks pregnant trying to wrap up two things and get something started (sighs) scary
0: it's a lot. You're burdening a lot.
1: Yeah. And, you, you know, and it, it's just a sign to slow down, right? And the problem is none of us in construction will admit we need to slow down. In fact, we think the more I pour into it, the faster I go, the better I'm going to be. And it's like, yeah. no. when we get into a turbulent storm in an airplane, thank God the pilot doesn't accelerate more. Okay. They slow down.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Right. So... Or if they I, see I just, it
0: coming, they at least try to fly around the storm. Whereas, you know, so many of us on the ground just run it. We run into f- burning buildings.
1: He's always right. And, and it, but you know what? It's driven out of some of our cultural beliefs of being Superman, the hero, the firefighter. How many people praise themselves on being like, oh man, they called me in. Cause this was all messed up and I fixed it all. <laughs> oh man, you've made a career on being a firefighter in construction. Yeah. That's not actually the job it's not no. actually the job it's and not
0: sustainable yeah not sustainable. actually talking to somebody today and she was saying that her dad is a, a senior superintendent and his only job is to go in and rescue projects her words exact quote rescue projects
1: it's i mean people who rescue projects make a a good living Felipe, they make great right? money they get they paid make better great than great money they do but it can't be the way moving forward right and here's the reason why i say it can't be the way moving forward because i am the i am the old millennial right like i'm at the top bracket of this thing and Luckily, i don't I'm, like i'm
0: older than you so i'm not a millennial so you, oh, for the see, record oh,
1: okay but mm, just but barely. i don't i don't like working in that environment right and i right. think the more and more generations we get deep they don't like working in that environment either felipe
0: i just saw the stats cuz that's the nerd that i am the gem. Yeah millennials Gen Y are now the majority yes, we are. in construction.
1: We're coming for you. We're coming yeah. for collaboration, teamwork, and a better way to do this, right? What a and great here's time the crazy, to be in. Here's the crazy thing about it, Felipe, is that when you really get down to it, even the boomers and uh, Gen X, you guys want to work that way too. But something <laughs> oh, yeah. in you will just not admit it. No, and I'm... I don't know what it is, whether it's, <laughs> to sound weak, like the snowflakes or whatever else, you know, thing you're going to toss at (laughs) us millennials, but you want it too.
0: No, I don't speak for all of Gen X, but I'll speak for myself. I want the collaboration too.
1: Yeah, you do. I I mean, I I tell people all the time, um, our core values are sort of meant to be love in action. And the truth is, is we were too afraid to probably say we love. Right. We went with, we care. And it's we true. Care. We do care. But if you looked at what the actions really are for most people that say we care, it's really actually love, Felipe.
0: I believe you. Yeah. We spend more time at work than we do with our families. Most of us. Yes. I mean, I'm guilty of that myself. And, uh, you, you have to really to stay in it. You've got to come at it from your heart, mm-hmm. not yeah. from your mind.
1: Yeah, my my daughter caught me the other day. I think I was in this room, which is half office, half workout room. So sometimes I look over there and feel guilty. I haven't stepped on that treadmill in a while. But (laughs) she came in the room. Obviously, I wasn't working out at the time. And she said, "Uh, why are you still working? Mm. And I said, because work to me at this point in my career is like playing video games to you. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It, it doesn't even, Felipe, it doesn't even feel like work anymore. The amount of discretionary effort I put in to the projects I have on my plate, most people would go, she works an 80-hour work week. I don't. I work the work week it's necessary to pour the love and passion that I have for my work into my work. That's it. Oh, it should be. Yeah, and if my kids told me, hey, mom, I'm finally going to be off Fortnite. Do you want to play? I would get up from my work and go and play. But, you know, they're yeah. building worlds and destroying stuff. And, you know, I don't even know, running around and doing whatever they do. Right. So yeah.
0: break dancing, too.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. All in there.
0: That game has it all.
1: It has everything that <laughs> has. It has concerts. It's yeah. got action. It's got teamwork. But here's the thing. I, I look at it and I go, well, that's where their friends exist. Right. It's different. The friends don't exist running outside, down down, and up and down the block, riding a bicycle and doing all of that. All the friends, their friends exist virtually, and when they plug in and their headset's on and they're shouting all kinds of weird commands to each other, it's all their best friends and them.
0: All I hear from my son is, give me that med kit. I'm like, dude, you're dying every day, boy. Why you got to be the one that's... Di- you're always the one on the team dying every day. Every day, I hear someone calling for a med kit in my house.
1: shoot. Yeah. But, but right. It's, it's different for how they develop their relationships and they're developing relationships virtually. They're finding ways to do teamwork and collaboration. It's, it's just the way it is now.
0: It's just like, well, it happened to us too as adults when COVID hit many companies in construction said it's impossible for people to work from home, even part-time, even sometimes not even like two hours. If you weren't in the trailer or in the field, you're not working. Obviously if you're installing equipment, right? You have to be there to put it in. That's just the, the nature of reality. But for a lot of the other things, the, the planning parts, some of the, the uh, you know, the management aspects of it can be done from virtually anywhere.
1: Yep. You know, it's interesting, Felipe, because, um, you know, I have a talent profile that doesn't mind change, generally speaking, as long as it aligns with where I want to go and the future that I see, right, which is people appreciated for the work that they do. Um, so we made a pretty quick pivot and, and, you know, I'm a member of the training department to getting our training online and virtual. And, um, and we had a, just a serious spike and we've had a spike ever since, right? People just retooling. How do I, how do I manage virtually? How do I have a presence uh, when I'm on the camera? All of those things, right? Just through the roof for the training levels. Right. I think that helped people sort of get into the way we, the, the, you know, the IT department quickly was like, Webex training, Webex training, Webex training, right? To show you how the tools work. Um, so we went right to training, right out of the gate. Like, how do you pivot and train, right? So we went straight to a solid base of training people. And then we started thinking, okay, so how do you effectively do your work? It, I mean, it was the, I mean, I hate to say, that. well, here's the thing, don't waste a great crisis, right? No, it's the burning, it. it's, it's the burning platform, right? The need to improve, Um, had to really be internal, right? You really had to want to improve. Now you don't have a choice. You have to get better at how you plan your work because the whole team's not there. You have to be better at how you manage uh, the release of materials, the communications, all of those things, right? You have to be much more intentional and better at how you're doing that stuff. So this is really just a culmination and, and the next, you know, sort of start, the commencement of the next part of it for us with regards to lean. So we built a nice little base about, you know, this is coming, hey, here's the signals. And now we're doing that deep work and people finding out that, yeah, it's it's real and we've got to do it. And, um, you know, most of our office teams are not in the office. They're, you know, remote from wherever they are. Um, we're finding better ways to virtually walk the job using technology. Um, you know, and and the our, truth our is, our companies
0: are almost the same size too. And our CEO is doing a webinar uh, just this week, and he still said about a thousand of us are working remote still.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, we're we're not we're not in any rush to come back to to the office or come back to the trailers. And a lot of that is because, and to be honest, some of the geographic areas in which we do business, we're not on a we're not anywhere near like the downslope towards low numbers, right? We're, we're yeah. in Texas, we're in Arizona, we're um, you know, we've got California climbing again. So it, it, it's not worth, it's not the worth the risk, right? There's, if, if you can find better ways, why risk it?
0: Yeah, if you can still be effective and if you can meet the goal, just yeah. meet the goal.
1: Felipe, it's about now having to have to change the way that we measure things. We need to measure outcome and results and stop measuring butts in the seats.
0: Yeah. Time, time on tools doesn't work for leadership. It's sure. not a good metric. Mm-mm. It's nope. not even a good metric for tools.
1: It's not. Now that you <laughs> say that. <laughs> I just, that is, yeah. it's one of those I mean, things
0: that people throw out all the time.
1: Yeah. I know
0: you got to hear it. Like you've probably heard it I your do. entire career.
1: I do, but I could be out of time on the tool, screwing a whole bunch of stuff up and it does, it's not really yeah. adding value. Right. So, yeah. but yeah, it, it now requires that we really look at what is value creation. Right. That's right. So. It's
0: asking those questions. I mean, just like when you, you you looked at your values as an organization and for being, you know, a person on the front line installing work and saying these values don't seem they seem to be silent on something. Yes. And people in your organization that says a lot about your leadership that said, Hey, wait a minute. Steph is right or Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie is right. This doesn't align with how what our real values are. And they made the shift. Yeah. They pivoted.
1: You know how I really peaked up in this organization? We, we had this thing called the uh, Ask the CEO, okay? And it was it was meant to be an inbox. You could ask a question, send it in. The CEO would answer it via uh, a video blog, right? Okay. And the question I asked was, uh, you wrote a blog, and this was like a written blog. You wrote a blog, you know, two months ago, talked about the 20 mile march. Then this last month, you you alluded to it again, um i've been here for a long time i don't know what the 20 mile march for this company is wow and yeah and and that question triggered well how does anyone know
0: yeah where is it
1: where is it right how and so we see it? yep and if you were to ask me today Felipe, uh what were the old core values what was the old mission and what was the old purpose I couldn't tell you but three words that I believe was part of the mission statement that said something like, uh, we do something with the industry standards. Wow. Lead them, I don't know, something. Improve on them, excel, I I don't know. Something around that, right? So I, who memorize a lot of things occasionally, right, so that I can recite them later. Yeah, you still call me a nerd. Yeah. How dare you? (laughs) If I can't do that, Felipe, how does everyone else do it? right? They can't. They can't.
0: If you can't find it or see it, you have no chance of it being there.
1: That's right. That's right. There's, there's no way that, you know, if one, they can't quickly recall or see it, Mm -hmm. then there's no way for them to know. And more importantly than that is, um, we should really be looking for the behaviors that align with that. Right? Right. So even if, even if you don't have a great memory And you never remember all five of them, which they are relatively easy now to remember. I'm just interested in whether or not your behaviors align to them.
0: Well, I remember them because you gave me the trick, the pattern. The pattern is respect for people and continuous improvement. Yes. I don't need to remember the three and the two, right? right. I know they're three and two, but it's really just those two. And, And our values at our company is similar. We have three, and I always tell people, like, I don't need the other two. The first one is all I need. It covers it all.
1: <laughs> yes, and truthfully, we care. Covers all of them too, Felipe. For us, if you care, if you care, then you'll be willing to share something with someone else when you when they need it. You'll listen to them too. You'll help them innovate, and you'll help them excel, and you'll help the company innovate if you really care.
0: Absolutely. And so, I I want to ask you a question that uh, I get asked by superintendents all the time when they're gonna try something collaborative with pool planning. And you've yeah. you've been there, you've had that experience with that uh very that that special client that took you on a journey and said, Trust us, it's gonna be better and it was, and you got the big fat check to prove it. Yeah. I've heard this and I've got my answer, but I want to hear it straight from you. Okay. When you're when you or your crews are asked by a general contractor to come to a pool planning meeting, what's your knee jerk reaction?
1: Um
0: Don't think too hard. Just give me your knee jerk.
1: So my knee jerk reaction is I always ask which general contractor asked us. (laughs) That's my first one.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. With all
1: honesty. That's the first question I ask because there's a thing is depending on who it is, is depending on the preparation I need to put into my team. Okay. And, and the reason why I say that too is because this one bad experience will take me back on the progress that we're making here in the company. And so if, um, I really believe that what I say, people know that I'm speaking the truth. And so when people borrow my relational capital, right, my truth, yes, I need to make sure that people are prepared for what really will occur. Okay. And so um, depending on who the general contractor is, the team that's named, if I know the people, if, if I know that they're sending in their professional, similar to me, right, like is going to be in the room, I might prep for, hey, you know, Felipe's a great guy. He's doing, the, he's doing the hard work like we are. His team's a little bit inexperienced. It's only their second time. Um, it might fall apart because the superintendent's new, and he's not going to know how to navigate every stage in there, so you guys are going to be learning together. By the way, you're really strong, so I depend on you to help him along the way. Or we're weak, too, and so we're going to struggle along with it. But don't give up because you're going to get one bad taste in your mouth and say it never works, okay? Right. Because there's cases of it works, um, but this time might be a little bit rough.
0: No, that was a beautiful answer.
1: Right. right. And, and,
0: well, we get, we get pushback from superintendents saying that, uh, we don't think the trades are going to want to participate in this. And my answer to them is always, it's going to be the most money that they ever made with the least amount of effort and the, and all of their experience ever. Yes. If when you do it, I say like, when you do it. But yes. if you don't do it, if you do a la carte, like if, if I just go into a corner, and put a bunch of sticky notes on the wall that exactly matches my critical path method schedule. And then I just tell you to hit the stuff that I put up there. I'm clearly not doing a collaborative type of anything. Right. And that's not going to work. Yeah. We already the, know the, that.
1: The a la carte really kills the momentum Felipe. with it does um, with the thousands of people who are really the, really the, the, the people invested in construction. Right. So here's what, here's what I sometimes think we forget. I think we forget when we're using and talking about these tools and doing all of this that it's not us who are from the project management side or from the academic side or from any of these other people that say that this is theoretically going to work, that are going to work with this tool. Okay. And there are hundreds of foremen in in our case, right? In my case in particular, right? Hundreds of foremen within Rosenden. And there are probably, you know, hundreds of GFs and when they get a bad taste in their mouth guess who they're talking to this about they're talking to this with the four thousand people that we have in our organization that do the actual physical work and so if i'm talking about whose minds do i need to change who do i have to encourage to want to be collaborative and and do team and all of these things It's 4,000 people, Felipe, that I have to be aware of and that uh, need to be educated and that have to have an interest in this and that have to be listened to and that need to be respected and that, um, you know, be looked at as artisans and craftsmen and women, right? Like, that's who we're really talking about here.
2: Right.
0: I was in a little job in, like, Nowheresville in the middle of the country And uh, we're doing a session like this with a brand new team that never heard of it. And In the beginning, I asked, by show of hands, this was all foreman, you know, various trades. There were 12 12 trades. By show of hands, who's ever heard of this type of planning method, the last planner system? Nobody put their hand up. We went through the exercise with that team. And uh, the demolition contractor brought his CEO to the trailer the next day to show him what we did because he said he's never seen anything like this in an mm-hmm. entire career and this guy was probably high 50s if not 60 years old the foreman yeah. and he said it was the first time he's ever seen it he was so blown away of how well it worked and every I mean people were skeptical they well, were I mean I, they were you. they were they were so skeptical oh. and then when they did it uh, you know we did the calculation at the end and we said you know you guys invested 3 hours thank you uh, you've talked to each other, right? We get out of the way real fast. I think your approach is the same as mine. Yeah. And and uh, I think they took, at at that time, they pulled three weeks off of the schedule. And by the time the job finished, fast forward, the job finished a month early. So the three weeks that they pulled off there stayed. They finished a month early. And everybody made money. Yeah. And it was, yeah. uh, and they all would love to work with each other again. And I think that is like a massive testament to that, and that's what I always tell superintendents that story. Like, here's a job where nobody had heard of this ever, right? And they all said at the end of it that they'd love to work with each other again in a heartbeat. They would call each other and talk to each other. And our superintendent didn't lose any power or control. He still guided the whole thing. And there was an assistant superintendent; and she still guided the whole thing. Right? They worked together. Yep. There was no resistance. I just keep telling people I don't see any resistance from the trades. To collaborate, I've never seen it. Now I've I've gone to places, and stuff to the other side of that coin. Let's flip that coin over. Yep. And now I'm, I'm asking a group. Here's a bigger, a little bit bigger group. Has anyone ever heard of or used this method? Last planner. and one drywall contractor put his hand up, and said, "Yeah." And it was a bad experience. So then, because I heard that and knew that, I made sure to continuously ask them questions like, "Is this what you saw?" Is this like what your experience was? And they end up telling me that you know out of the the five major steps or conversations, mm-hmm. they only did one right and but the one thing that they did put a real bad taste in everybody's mouth. And it could have been a poison pill situation where everyone's gonna push away from the table and not eat with us.
1: Yeah yeah no I, I also encourage our teams, you know for the the superintendents and the the GFs that are a little bit more advanced, Felipe um to even just offer it to their project team and and the reason why i say that is because um you know we'll meet owners who've who've never heard of it right we'll meet general contractors in in smaller parts of america like you said right not exposed to it haven't seen it we don't mind leading that effort if you want to support it and so we've done that in a couple different places where you know it, it wasn't necessarily a very um large project but we needed to get to a place where we were collaborative, we were moving together and that we intentionally met the schedule. Right. And so helping the teams along, I think is important. I think that's the other key component to it is, um, you and I both talked about this, right. Is every company is sort of at this different level of understanding and learning and every business unit is at a different (laughs) level of understanding and learning. Right. And so Having a conversation very early on like, hey, we're relatively skilled at pool planning as a subcontractor and you're bringing a relatively green team. We don't mind helping and leading. So if there's some parts of this that you want us to help you with, own, do something right. But that that, that conversation has to happen and there has to be some humility around yes. skill set. And that is what I don't think happens. That, right? Where that's it's the hard part.
0: I'm in control. The I'm the GC. You do what I say. Right. Yep. That's what we're, we've got to overcome because, and people think, and and not because they're egomaniacs, because the whole system that they're in promotes that you've got to be in control, the controlling contractor, and there's a lot of liability that we have as being the controlling contractor that we're, we have a lot of responsibility. Yep. So it's hard sometimes to offload some of that responsibility to somebody that like your like yourself, you know, yep. like an organization like yours, and, and that's offered help. I've heard from, you know, not even just. In, in your trade, other scopes of work have said, we offered your team uh, to try this. Yep. and Can you help bridge that conversation? Because we don't have that relationship. And that takes time. You have to be intentional, like you said.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And we try to get people to say, let's go look at it. When I get onto a job and maybe do the same thing, I spend some time looking at the actual job and the conditions that people have to work in. And then yes. I, with that in mind the conversations in the trailer where we're planning are way different yep and I don't I, take every job like they're all the same I never come with like a checklist you're never gonna see me roll up in a checklist and be like well if we just do these 12 steps then we're gonna be there
1: I don't work that I way. don't I I don't checklist it either Felipe um, you're you're right on the money with that walking the job situation right we call it gemba in mm-hmm. in lean right some people oh, just only call the it, nerds do yeah, only the nerds. So um, you said it, not me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but but you know what I mean. It has a term yeah. for it. But generally speaking, we yes. call it job walks. But here's the thing. is You have to be intentional about how you walk a job. Because I'll be honest, we've been walking jobs forever in construction, right? Forever. Forever. But it's the questions that you're looking for. It's what are you hoping to do? Not the why are this or the why, why, why are you not right? It's not about them.
0: Why aren't you done?
1: Why aren't you done? Why aren't you making your numbers? You know, all all of those normal questions we ask, right? Why questions are important. Don't get me wrong, right? Five whys is a a legitimate tool. But we need to go out there really looking for how are we going to help them, right? right? And, you know, here's the thing. Most times it's not a people failure. It's a process failure. And it's somewhere else. And the truth is is that some poor sucker who we sent out there to go and sell something is the one left holding the bag with every single defect that came down our value stream going well this is what i got plus i gotta get eight hours worth of work done how's that ever gonna work it's impossible
0: impossible it's impossible no.
1: but hey that's why you and i are here We're that's gonna right. change.
0: And, and i was gonna tell you too the first times that we met and i'll probably get the year wrong but i feel like it was I feel like it was four and a half years ago, yeah, maybe wow. almost five, and at the time we we were both you had more experience than I did <laughs> <laughs> you 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 were way ahead of me because that is
1: the, that's the power of books felipe
0: that's right you were you were absolutely ahead of me, and uh I didn't know who you were at the time we sat down by pure chance and we started talking and I realized what your job was. I made a mental note get sponge out of her everything you can. <laughs> Because she's probably seen everything you're gonna come across and face and more, yeah, and even right now listening to you talk, you've seen more than me, and I'm glad to to count you as a friend to help guide me through through what I'm trying to do
1: hey i i'm I'm about sharing Felipe, and listen, I am so incredibly happy uh that our chance meeting turned into to this lasting relationship that we have um one because of what it's done for me personally, but but what I know you and I can do for the industry as a whole, for, right. for what we can what we can bring out of you know our hard work, out of our energy, out of our passion for transforming the way that we do work. And I really hope that in my lifetime I start seeing this being an, attra- an attractive career choice. Um, the, the pay is here, Felipe. Yes. The innovation is here, the opportunity, the growth, everything is here, right? When I just look at, um, you know, we happen to be a union contractor, but when you talk about women and men being paid fairly, our pay scale is, here's your title, here's what you get paid. So if you want to make 100% of what the male workers are making, it's here for you, right? Wow. We're powerful. Just not, it's powerful, but we're just not an attractive industry for anyone right now. I mean- wow. High suicide rates, who wants that, right? Nobody. Uh, nobody. Confrontation, old old school confrontational ways of solving problems, who wants that? Nobody, right? Um, it, it, it just got to get better. And I really think there's some other elements too, Felipe. just in, let's start looking at why aren't we just getting the momentum towards prefabrication and modularization? The job sites are hard, right? But we don't ever think, how in the world do we get more people out of jobs and get them into fab shops building the exact same things we're going to need on the thing and reducing the amount of time they're either in winter conditions when we're up north they're in summer conditions when we're down here in the south Um, you you know all of those different things where it's like if we can get better at planning our work if we can look at the technologies we have available if we can get more towards manufacturing and move uh you know the the work towards the people instead of the people to the work we can make some big strides in making this more attractive but we have to put the work in we've got to do the work it's not easy there's no escape there's no escape we have a workforce shortage and we're competing with some of the best tech companies in the world for talent right i mean i even look at it with my my young daughter right she's Uh, 12 years old now, right? She's my oldest. And when she tells me the premier employers that she'd like to work for, it's always Apple, Google, Facebook, TikTok, something in that world, right? And here's the truth. I see her over there gaming. I see her over there doing 3D models of things that she's gonna tinker around and have, you know, spit out of the 3D printer. All things we do in construction and we're not even a thought in her mind. Not and you even. know why she's not, we're not a thought in her mind because I'm not doing the work to educate her. And I've spent, yeah. I've been very intentional over the last two years, Felipe saying, you want an engineering career? You want to be in mathematics? You're STEM driven. We have opportunities. We right. have opportunities.
0: Or just even, I mean, how many parents do we have? I'm guilty of this too, stuff. When, when my son was born and people had asked me like, oh, what would you like your son to grow up to be? my answer was anything but construction. Cause that's yes. what I work. Oh. in. Yeah. And I said that for probably until he was like five years old and then something started happening. I started thinking, no, it'd be good for him to work in this. Yeah. It'd be really good. And now he's very interested in what I do.
1: It's what I do too. Felipe. I, I mean, I've, I've gotten her involved probably over the last, so probably was the last, two or three years i can't remember when our ESOP hit 25 years but around there we had like a contest about like making a, a like a little sign with the 25 and the logo and the kids could mm-hmm. all get in that right and she wrote she she made a really good one and, and ultimately i saved it it's in my closet right and talking about the culture that we have here right and then we had bring your kids to work day and i worked here locally with the arizona office to to give them an exposure to um our corporate bim is located here right so here's what we're using for 3d modeling and here's some of the stuff that we print out and here's our technology and oh by the way then we have a trainer here who teaches the actual hand skills and and my daughter's in the back right and he they do the whole presentation and she goes uh what's that and she points over to a pipe bender felipe yeah, and I go. It's, it's a pipe bender. She's like, "How does it work?" And I go, "Well, you take one of these sticks of pipe, and I and I pull a stick off a stick off the the rack there. And I go, "You put it here," and I go, "And it, you you have to have a distance from the front of the shoe because you, you know you can't kick your right on the end because you're not going to have enough. You're not going to have enough oomph yet to, yeah. to be able to pull that one off, right? So not I put a, it back up.
2: Twelve years old, yeah,
1: yeah, not a twelve years old, right? And uh, not only that, but it'd been very long time since I bent a piece of pipe, <laughs> and so I was like. I don't want to embarrass myself in front of my child, so I better I better pull it back here so I got some something here for you know to be yeah. a handle and get some momentum. I'm, I'm talking real talk here, right, Philippe? It's sure. been you know, 18 or so years since I've had tools in my hands, right? No,
0: that's a long time.
1: I know, right, or, or something like that. No. You should have no, wore a white-collar
0: shirt today. You should have had a white-collar shirt on.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. So No, it's probably – well, I've been with – yeah, 16 years at least because I've been with Rosen for – so it's been 16 years since I had tools in my hand, right? And I put it on there and I go, here's how you do it. Here's the the foot pedal. You push down, get a little momentum. She couldn't get the first push. So I was like, hey, let me let me get the first push. Luckily, I was good enough to get the first push. And I said, okay, work it. And so she she bent it and I gave it to her. And, you know, everyone's joking around the office like she's actually probably better than you are, right? <laughs> Which I'll, I'll take it, whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. razz me when you can. But that exposure, right, Felipe, wouldn't have happened if we hadn't have been intentional about bring your kid to work day if right. we hadn't got them in the shop seeing that we you know we do um labels in the back warehouse that we run a large warehouse that back here's we have a training center oh by the way we have 3d modeling right so now she's like this company has a lot of things happening right right and and she's right and you know when you start looking at you know, diversity and inclusion, right? I wasn't—I wasn't doing my job to say, "Hey, I, you could probably be here." In fact, I had—I had just summarily excluded her. No,pe you're—you're you're yeah. my child, right, but You're my child. You don't come here, right? And it's right. like, why? We—we we do yeah. have a lot of great things to offer here.
0: We forget how much influence we really have to make it an outstanding industry.
1: Yes, yes, Philippe. And—and it's interesting you say that, right? So we just recently started our. Um, our diversity and inclusion advisory council, right? A council that's uh, advising our executive team um, on, you know, sort of the different perspectives that, you know, diversity brings to an organization to make sure that we're moving towards belonging. Right. Right. And so I mentioned this to my daughter, cause she's like, Hey, what have you been working on? And, and I mentioned, Hey, I got a couple things on this and this is what's new. Cause she she knows I'm drawn to those new things. So she's like, what's new? Yeah. And I tell her, I- I'm working on this, I'm getting, you know, some advisory counsel from some really great other people in the in the organization, uh, you know, our organization and outside of our organization. Right. And so she says to me, uh, I go, do you know what diversity inclusion is? And she said, yeah, it's where everyone feels like they belong, but more important, they do belong.
0: Man. That
1: and that I is said, really good. hot dang, schooled yeah. by a 12 year old. And I go, that's really what it is. And she looks at me and says this, Felipe. Isn't Rosendin already that way? Mm. And here's the thing. It's because the influence I provide, the ability for her to go with me where I'm going and see the position I'm in today, gives her the vision that she too could be there. Right. Right? And right. that was when I thought that's what the focus needs to be on. Right. Forget all the rest, you know. You, you can make all the grand statements you want, but it needs to be in the work that we do, really uh, moving and including and creating belonging for people who have a different lived experience. Um, and, and I, and it's it's powerful, right? Because she she went with me to um, UT Girls' Day. We sponsored an activity there with, uh, and I'll plug JE Dunn. They were fantastic. Yeah, we we co-sponsored we co-sponsored this. Um, this activity where we taught young uh, women and children how to build uh, light fixtures. And uh, they bring in, UT Girls Day brings in roughly 8,000, you know, children, predominantly young girls. It's a ton. I mean, it's all over their entire campus, right? Um, Predominantly young girls, but you'll see young boys also coming there to learn. Um, And the activities are, you know, age bracketed so you can sort of flow through in and out, right? But when I look back at that day, it was a group of women professionals from J.E. Dunn and Rosenden. All of us had, uh, you could see the diversity in us, right? We had black woman professional. We had uh, Asian uh, woman professional. I was there. And so in my daughter's mind, the efforts that I do, we're already here, right? Wow. already here. So now let's capitalize on. How do we get more people here? And I think if we can get the right message and people know where we are, and frankly, the truth is, is they might not even know who Rosenden is period, because I don't know how many stories I've heard, Felipe, where I go into other parts of the country and they go, Rosenden, who are you guys? We've been like a really great kept secret for a hundred years. And so maybe that might be part of the problem is like, we actually need to stop trying to be the best kept secret in town <laughs> uh, but that, secrets out. the secret's out, right? We we got to yeah. get the secret out and say, "Come here, we we've got you. Right. This is the place to be, right? We we want you to be here. This is this is the employer of choice, right? So, right.
0: yeah. So, Stuff I could talk to you all day. I know, but, but
1: our time's coming to an end here, Felipe.
0: It is coming to an end. It's yeah. time to switch gears and move along my scrum board. <laughs> <laughs> But I've uh, had a blast talking to you. Thank you so much for, for um, coming on the show and sharing your your thoughts and experiences.
1: Oh, thank you for so much for having me. Thank you for doing the the good work, being there, uh, you know, being my friend, being a professional uh, advisor, all of those things, right? Because it's super important for all of us to have mentors, coaches, coaches, cheerleaders, all yeah. of that stuff in in your life. So, thank you for being uh, that for me.
0: You're welcome, and yeah. I, I feel the same way about you. It goes both ways awesome yeah you're like a rock for me i could always count on you to keep me straight keep my both feet on the ground
1: somebody's got to do it felipe yes i mean and i got nominated so it's been a pleasure (laughs) to be
0: (laughs) you make the job look so easy stuff
1: yeah Uh, but i do i sincerely thank you felipe i love you uh take care be safe likewise um, and continued success here with your podcast
0: right here (laughs) always
1: all right awesome all right
0: bye very special thanks to my guest I'm Felipe Engineer Manriquez the EBFC show is created by Felipe and produced by a passion to build easier and better thanks for listening stay safe everybody Let's go build.